Section nine of Mostly Boys Short Stories by Francis J. Fenner J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Freddy's Fishing Adventure One It was the dawn of a beautiful morning toward the end of August. Seated in the stern of a dainty boat attached to the landing place, holding his rod in a firm grasp, and gazing out upon the mirror like face of the waters, Mr Robin who had just succeeded in making a cast of some seventy-odd feet, looked every inch a fisherman. He was still inwardly congratulating himself on the cast, when his reel suddenly gave a rapid succession of clicks, while his pole bent almost double. "'Hurrah!' he exclaimed under his breath, as he jumped to his feet. "'This time I've a big fish, sure!' And he began playing his victim with the dexterity of a practiced hand." On this occasion, indeed, he found it necessary to bring all his skill into play. The fish with which he had to deal entertained views of its own on the solemnity of life, views which it conveyed to its capture by a variety of vigorous tactics. It began to air these views by starting out from mid-lake at the speed of a limited express, so at least Mr. Robin fancied, and it was only by the judicious and swift playing out of ever so many yards of his line that the excited angler succeeded in saving his delicate fishing outfit from total wreck. Even as it was, the strain upon line and pole was for a time intense. But desperate endeavor is short-lived. The rod presently unbent, and the reel ceased clicking. The fish had called a halt. But Mr. Robin, who had an idea of allowing his prey a moment's respite, at once set about reeling in. Fishy, however, was in no humor for a rest just then, and no matter how fast Mr. Robin wound and wound, it contrived by fast swimming toward the land to keep the line slack. Just as Mr. Robin was about to resort to new devices, there was a great splash twenty feet beyond the boat, and his heart jumped into his mouth as he discerned the author of the splash, a great savage pike. What a flying leap it was! Indeed, one would have thought that the struggling captive wore wings. The sight set Mr. Robin's pulse into a madder gallop. Well, to be brief, after ten minutes of steady playing, Mr. Robin landed his fish and stood panting, breathless, gloating over his conquered and now thoroughly exhausted adversary, the happiest man in Wisconsin. And he was still gazing, still panting, when the clatter of hoofs smote upon his ear. "'It's Freddy!' he exclaimed as he turned his head to greet the new arrival. Freddy it was, mounted on a black pony and coming down the road at such a pace that his blue sash and long golden hair streamed in the faint breeze of sunrise. "'What luck, Papa!' cried the little lad, as he drew within speaking distance. "'Glorious!' responded the happy parent. "'Look at this, Freddy, the biggest pike I ever saw out of the water!' Freddy gave a little gurgle of joy, threw the reins over his pony's neck, alighted, and hastened to put himself beside his father." "'Oh, my!' he piped. "'What a tremendous fish!' "'Isn't it, Freddy? It beats the record on this lake. Is your mamma up yet?' "'Yes, indeed, Papa. She and Sister Lucy are taking their breakfast.' "'Very good. They must see my catch at once.' "'Here,' Mr. Robin suspended his sentence to put a fat minnow on his hook and make a fresh cast. Then continued, "'You hold this pole for a few minutes while I bring our pike up to the hotel.' Still in a glow of excitement, Mr. Robin caught up his fish, mounted the pony, and departed at a trot, leaving Freddy in sole possession of rod and boat. As we are nearing the curious part of this voracious story, it is well to know something definite of Freddy's appearance. 
he was a very pretty blue-eyed child of seven and was arrayed in the neatest and tastiest of riding suits it is important to keep in mind that the snow-white collar large as it was was concealed from view in front by a wide-spreading butterfly of many hues his legs below the knee were encased in black silk stockings and his low shoes were fitted with a pair of shining silver spurs so there stood freddie in the boat his blue eyes sparkling under his golden hair his bright face all the brighter for the smile of happiness that parted his lips and revealed the white regular teeth all the prettier for the tints of the rose which the morning ride had deepened upon either cheek freddie was a passionate lover of fishing and looked upon all other sports as dross in the comparison but suddenly his face clouded the memory of his mother flashed through his mind had he not promised her never to fish without some older companion at his side freddie was a thoroughly good boy and a thoroughly good boy is ever obedient with but a moment's hesitation he made the sacrifice and suppressing manfully the suspicion of a little sob he began to reel in the line with an alacrity which under the circumstances was heroic but fish as the sequel will show are foolish creatures all save twenty feet of the line had freddie wound in when there came such a jerk and a pull that the reel slipped from his fingers and indeed it was by great good luck that he succeeded even in keeping the pole secure in his little hands whiz whirl click whiz whirl went the reel as the line flew out into the water with such speed as to force freddy to close his eyes for very dizziness he opened them quickly however and catching the whirling reel put a stop to its revolutions and brought the line taut this was an unfortunate thing for freddy the sudden strain was too much for him and still holding the rod in his hands over he toppled into the water now freddy could not swim a stroke instead of rising to the surface as is customary with people who take sudden dives freddy found himself with his feet firmly set upon the sandy bottom in fifteen feet of water gazing about him in no little astonishment the water was fairly swarming with fish there was a countless number of perch silver rock and black bass and a great many members of the finny tribe such as freddy had never so much as imagined here and there might be seen a steering wall-eyed pike or a savage-looking pickerel nearly all the fishes whose eyes freddy caught gave him a friendly nod of welcome not all however the pickerels shook their tails at him and opened their large ugly mouths in a menacing manner evidently they were angry but he had little time to wonder at these strange sights for his attention was almost immediately diverted by the violent jerks at his line following its direction he perceived that a huge pike was making violent efforts to free his mouth from mr robin's hook on catching freddy's eyes the pike ceased his struggles you young rascal he stuttered for the hook in his mouth interfered somewhat with the distinctness of his enunciation i've caught you don't call any names please retorted freddy politely and excuse me when i say that i think i've caught you not at all snapped the pike with a great sneeze caused doubtless by the hook and i'll just trouble you to let go that pole i want to go out in deep water there's a famous wall-eyed pike out there who is given to dentistry and who extracts hooks without pain indeed i won't freddy made answer this line is my papa's and you mr pike belong to him too while this conversation was going on fishes had been swimming to the scene of action from all sides 
they formed into knots and groups and for the most part appeared to be discussing the situation with admirable gravity not so the pikes however their comments were of a noisier order and their gesticulations were especially energetic the pickerels too showed signs of temper nor is the explanation far to seek the pickerel as we all know is nearly related to the pike and even in the case of fishes blood is thicker than water on the other hand the pretty little perches could not do enough to show their welcome to the wanderer from the realms of air all during the foregoing dialogue they were nodding and bowing to freddy and at each of the little lads retorts they testified their approbation in all manners of curious and fish-like ways some relieved their feelings by turning double somersaults others by standing on their heads and trying to wink in which last attempt to tell the truth they were far from successful nature having denied the finny tribe some of the requisites that go to the producing of a wink one infant perch an innocent fellow who knew little of the manners and customs of the small boy came swimming up to freddy with the offer of a very fine fat worm which he had just secured and was taken aback not a little when freddy refused the wriggling prize indeed the perch's feelings were quite bruised and he would probably have burst into tears of mortification had not his mamma taken him aside and while gently stroking his forehead explained that the small boy's taste does not incline him to the regulation perch diet for the rest the silver rock and black bass seemed to be amused but showed no decided leaning toward either faction once more resumed the captive will you let go that rod or not not replied freddy sententiously well look out for squalls then and with a rush and a squeak the pike dashed straight at our little friend fight fight roared a hideous rakish dogfish rubbing his fins with delight the dogfishes are the lowest characters of the lake on came the pike head down determination written in his eye while freddy stood stock still puzzled as to what measures he should take to repel the onslaught he could use but one hand for the other was employed in holding the rod the fish however giving him little time to deliberate made for his black silk stockings naturally enough freddy kicked vigorously presto came a groan from the fish i'm stabbed he called out bring a surgeon he has spoken truly freddy's spurs had given him a slight wound and so disconcerted was the doughty pike that he withdrew at once to a safe distance muttering as he went you don't fight fair i don't want to fight at all returned freddy but just the same i'm not going to let any fish bite at my legs if i can help myself it isn't pleasant very well sighed the pike after a few moments given to deliberation if you don't choose to let go that rod i'll pull you along with me and turning quickly he set off with all his strength for the interior of the lake the pike was beyond doubt an able swimmer freddy was lifted off his feet and pulled along his toes just touching upon the sandy bottom still it was slow work and presently the poor pike was panting heavily and if we may use the expression out of breath reduced to this state he stopped short and summoned a few of his friends to his side together they held a whispered consultation and finally hit upon a new plan of action two of the very largest pikes put themselves on each side of the captive and taking a part of the leader in their mouths joined forces with their afflicted friend and towing freddy along 
and now something very strange came to pass you remember that freddy with his long golden hair and blue sash had a gaudy tie and shining silver spurs well as the little lad went drifting along quite rapidly he began to whirl round and round now imagine a small boy thus dressed whirling round and round below the surface of the water he looked for all the world like a very large spoon hook attached to a trolling line certainly one fish was deceived for as they were getting into very deep waters a large black bass on catching sight of the revolving freddy concluded that he was an overgrown minnow and with a quick dash made a savage snap at his little legs keep off go away shouted freddy as he kicked vigorously i'm not fish bait oh i beg your pardon a thousand times said the big black bass politely i was never so deceived in all my life upon my word young sir you're the very image of a magnified minnow but what are you doing here may i ask by this time you should have right be drowned most people find it utterly impossible to breathe under water so friendly was the address so kindly the glance of the big black bass that freddy without hesitation told him the whole history of his fishing adventure up to the moment of their odd introduction ah i see i see said the old fellow shaking his solemn head as freddy came to a pause you're an obedient boy that's why you didn't drown i like you young sir indeed i do i like all obedient young people i'm a family man myself sir and i know how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child and as he delivered himself of this shakespearean remark the family man clasped his fins in a gesture of resignation he went on one of my children my eighty-third son young sir was wild and dissipated he used to stay out late of nights and associate it with some of the most disorderly dogfishes and mudcats in our neighborhood he was given to drink too used water only for swimming purposes one afternoon when he was slightly under the influence of liquor and wouldn't come home though his elder brother used every means short of physical force to induce him he swaggered off toward the eastern shore and there near the bank allowed himself to be caught by one of the awkwardest fishermen that ever made a cast it was a very disgraceful affair indeed disgraceful would be caught at all much more so to fall prey to an amateur fisherman of the deepest dye the family pride has never recovered from the blow here the big black bass sniffled audibly and a great tear dropped from his left eye but with a strong effort he mastered his emotion and added enough these are unpleasant memories my dear young sir can i do you any favor i am entirely at your service well said freddy i'd like a breath of fresh air can you ride horseback i use a pony every day sir very good then there's no trouble about it at all i'll be your horse the bass put himself in position freddy straddled his back and secured himself on his seat by holding on with one hand to the fish's dorsal fin the bass then rose to within a few feet of the surface so that his rider's head just overtopped the water and swimming lightly in the wake of the pike he contrived to so lessen the strain on the line that the whole string moved along with increased speed freddy looked about him strangely the shores were low black lines above the horizon miles and miles away and yet the lake was scarcely two miles wide and but a little over three miles in length while he was still pondering over this mystery he felt a sudden tug at his heel 
looking down he was astonished to discover a fine perch hanging to the spur on his right foot poor little perch had mistaken the flashing spur for a minnow popularly called the shiner remembering the kind welcome extended him by the perches freddy released the little fish who indeed was very grateful and apologized with effusion for his awkward mistake this incident had brought all to the middle of the lake whereupon the pickerel trio began moving more slowly and at length stopped there was a moment's pause then down down darted the pickerels straight as a plumb line for the bottom during his descent which though rapid lasted a minute freddy cast his eyes about him eagerly he observed that it was a lonely neighbourhood for some time indeed he could distinguish no living thing all at once as it were from beneath his feet there started a monstrous and most extraordinary looking fish for want of a better name freddy called this creature a wall-eyed pike he had his doubts though as to the fitness of the name for of all the pike fishes he had ever seen this one was certainly the first to appear in public wearing a pair of blue goggles bless me exclaimed he of the blue goggles what's the meaning of this novel procession and what are you doing here little boy and looking inquiringly into the open face of freddy who at a hint from his friend the bass had dismounted and made his best bow he laid his tail upon the boy's wrist and awaited the answer with the frankness of innocent years freddy related his adventures good boy exclaimed the wall-eyed pike with the blue goggles when freddy had made an end of his narration and what you have said is truth every word of it for your pulse was regular all the time you were speaking a little boy cannot lie without his pulse beating faster i am a doctor i am and belong to the old school here the speaker paused for effect taking advantage of which the captive broke in with the account of his grievances with unutterable gravity the ancient pike gave ear so then you want me to extract that hook without pain do you yes doctor please answered the plaintiff endeavouring to look pious and agreeable as doctor returned the member of the old school with no small degree of majesty in word and address i would willingly do so but and here the old gentleman took off his goggles slapped his chest with both lateral fins and became if possible yet more majestic as justice of the peace for this lake district i must pursue another course at these words the captive pike turned pale while beads of perspiration stood out upon his long slanting forehead his two friends hung their heads one of them making a mouth as though he were endeavouring to whistle you may well tremble continued the venerable squire his voice borrowing majesty from his wrath for your goings-on are but too well known to me beyond a doubt you are the worst robber in my district and i have long since made up my mind that it would be a good thing for a glorious commonwealth could it be rid of your presence now listen to your sentence and be silent that you may hear you are hereby given over to this little boy who in turn is to deliver you to his father your associates are solemnly warned not to interfere with the execution of justice though i have spoken oh wise judge cried our friend the black bass i i who speak to you shall see to it that your decision be carried out to the very letter the wise judge waved his fins as a sign that court was adjourned freddy remounted his faithful charger and taking the lead this time off he rode for the landing-place with the captive who now made no show of resistance in his wake 
on this homeward course freddy recognized the landmarks watermarks if you will that he had already passed over with as much ease as though he were a regular traveller through the subaqueous regions everything went quite smoothly till they came within thirty feet of the boat then suddenly the black bass slipped away the water grew dark freddy sank and feeling a choking sensation he realized that unless he could rise to the surface he would drown up he rose with a bound and as his head emerged from the water he heard his father's voice he turned his head in the direction whence the sound came in time to see his father plunging from the pier with a few vigorous strokes mr robin reached his boy grasped the little hand as it reached from below and with another stroke and another conveyed him safely to the shore i am afraid that freddy and his parents never came to understand each other as regards his adventure i have told freddy's story they maintain that freddy plunged overboard just as they came within easy reach of the boat and that on his rising to the surface he was at once rescued however this may be two things are certain first that freddy in giving up in intention at least his chance to fish proved himself to be an obedient boy secondly that on the lines being examined there actually was found at the end of it an extremely large pike so tired and dejected in appearance as to give colour to the statement that it really had been dragging freddy through the under wastes of waters End of section nine.